Yo, what is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Cold Calling Podcast. You are in for a treat. One mic is not enough. Two mics is not enough. Three mics is not enough. Four mics is not enough. Hold on. Hold on. Five mics. <laughs> the guest that we have on today, oh my goodness, it is fire. So welcome. I'm your host, Larry Long Jr., CEO, that's Chief Energy Officer of LLJR Enterprises. Want to give big ups to Monster Connect for powering the Cold Calling Podcast. Once again, Monster Connect, they leverage technology. They leverage human resource to deliver actual conversations. When you're making those calls, who wants to talk to voicemails? You want to have real conversations. You want to connect with decision makers. Check out Monster Connect. Now, with the podcast, our hope is to provide great insights, great nuggets, great knowledge, great gems to help you. Yes, you, sales reps, BDRs, SDRs, AEs, enterprise reps, sales leaders. We want to help you up-level your game and succeed in sales. Now, hey, this is just a warning. It's about to go down. I'm rocking my storyteller shirt. I should have been rocking the Keith Dolan shirt, but he didn't hook me up with one. But I am honored to welcome today's guest. He's one of my great friends, and this is just a treat. He's a world-renowned sales trainer, world-renowned content creator. He's a founder. He founded Keep Dialing. He's an advisor to the top, the fastest growing companies that are out there. He's a top sales influencer. You can check him on all the socials. To me, he's a friend. He's a mentor. He's a role model. He's a coach, a big supporter, a partner. And uh, I just got to give him his flowers right now. Let's give a warm welcome to brother Morgan J. Oh, what's going on, man? What's happening? What's happening? <laughs> man, welcome. I, I can't tell you how excited I am. I got to take a deep breath. I got to calm down because I'm nervous, man. <laughs> <laughs> There's no need to be nervous. We're here. Having We're here. the man, the myth, the legend here, this means so much. Thank you so much for joining us, Morgan. I like to kick it off with what I call who, what, and why. Who are you? What do you do? And why do you do it? Uh, yeah, Morgan J. Ingram, born and raised out of Atlanta, Georgia, went to University of Georgia, so go dogs. And what do I do? So I have done sales training in the past. And as you mentioned, I've trained the top teams in the world. And that was fantastic uh, with a great opportunity with JV Sales. Now I've transitioned and I'm teaching people how to amplify their content that can turn into revenue. Essentially, the best way I put it is called edutainment. And how can you provide an edutainment to your audience and the revenue marketing journey and support that as you guide them through that cycle. And then what was the last one? Why? Why, why do you do that? I mean, I can hear the passion in your voice. Why are you doing yeah, it? I, it's a good question. So why I do everything that I do is I've always had a mantra of impact over income. So when I first started creating content on, in 2016 for SDRs and created the SDR Chronicles. It was purely to have impact with people and show people that this was possible, that they could go do this and, that this is something that can be done. And so with all those things across the board that can be done, that's the reason why I do it. And I do believe that content is the future. And if you know how to do it, you're going to be put in the right spot. And so that's why I do it every single day. Man, I love it. Edutainment, helping, serving audiences with their content creation. Hey, 
This is hot off the press. And this is what I call spill the tea. I got some sweet tea over here. From uh, uh, Luckily, I don't have any hot wings from Bojangles, but I do have some sweet Oh, tea. yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. You figure this out about spot. But I understand we the North. I, I heard a little birdie say something about a Drake collabo hot off the press. What What's popping in Toronto October the 19th? I mean, you got me amped. What, yeah. What's going on, man? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have the Amped Up Workshop. If you're near the Toronto area or you're in Toronto, uh, we'll have a workshop that will be free. Uh, this workshop will be at the LinkedIn offices, and they've graced us with that. So we're super excited about that opportunity. So, yeah, I will be speaking on LinkedIn and LinkedIn Sales Nav. Jen Spencer will be speaking – or Jen Allen will be speaking on sales. And then we also have Will Aiken speaking on content creation. So, yeah, I mean, you have everyone across the board ready to go. Jen Allen's fired up. Will is fired up. And also as well, like the exciting part about this is that we're just looking for people who want to become the one and upgrade their craft and enhance it. And this is where you want to be. Man, that that, that that's phenomenal. Congratulations. Uh, I got to book my flight up north to Toronto. Yeah, I know you know how to put on an event. I remember more uh, social than SAS in Hotlanta. And actually, that, that leads me into why does it get you so fired up when someone calls it Hotlanta? Uh, yeah, it's just it's just not what you should call it. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's like it's just the wrong term. Like everyone has that. Like there's certain things that you shouldn't say. And Hotlanta is one of them. Like you just it won't go well. It's also I'm trying to protect you. Right. Because if you come in here and say Hotlanta, it's problematic. I'm just letting you know. It's not going to be good for you. Man, I appreciate that. Good looking out. For everyone who's just tuning in right now, any questions that you have for the great Morgan J. Ingram, please put them in the comments. We will make sure that we get all of your questions answered. But hey, here go my questions. This is what's top of mind. And we're going to hop into a Morgan. If you were a sales professional in a corporate setting, I know that you're a sales pro wherever you go, but if you were in corporate sales right now, what are the top two to three tactical actions that you would take? And, and really, I'm going to hit it from three segments. If you were an SDR, BDR, what are you doing today? If you're an AE, what do you do today? And if you were a sales leader, what would you be doing today in order to elevate and be the best that you can be? Okay, so I'm a wait, hold on. I'm an individual contributor or a sales leader? Uh, let's go SDR, BDR, individual okay. contributor. If okay. you're an AE individual contributor, and then if you are a sales leader, <laughs> what are the actions that you'd be taking right this second? Top two to three. Okay. All right. All right. So three different distinctions. Okay. So if I'm an SDR, BDR. <sighs> okay. Yeah. I'm going to say it depends, right? Because there's so many different markets and things of that nature, but let's just say like whatever. The first thing that I would do is I would start to find out ways that I can be more active on LinkedIn or any social platform that my audience is in. And I don't mean that you need to post every single day, but I just find a way to be active. Maybe I do some commenting on executive posts. Maybe I'm creating a one post a week. This doesn't take too much of your time to do, and this is a really good thing that you can do. So I do that. Number two is I would, everyone, most teams have sales nav, so I would get really good at sales nav. And so what I would do is I would build all the lists of everybody that has rejected me or maybe they rejected my email or whatever it is. And I would see all the companies that previously maybe that clients have worked at or whatever it would be. 
And so I'm going to start reaching out to those people and use sales nav as a trigger point to then reach out to those things, right? So that's what I'm going to do there. The third thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to start really understanding my time management because we live in a hybrid world where things easily can get lost. I'm going to start mapping out things to make sure that I can get in front of the people I'm looking to get in front of. So that's what I'll do for the SDRBDR. Love it. Commentary love on that before we go to the AE because there's a whole – I love it. And and I love how you talk about locking in on the time management piece. And I've been uh, I don't have any muffins right now. We need muffins back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the workshop, the master, the master class that you provided on time management, showing your calendar, showing really how to how to manage your time is phenomenal. And I love how you talked about get on the social that your audience is in and then leverage sales navigator from an expert level. Let's move to the AE. If I'm an AE, what should I be doing to be the best that I can be right now? Understand not not to think about the sales because this is this is going to be kind of conflicting for people. Don't think about the sales experience, think about the buyer experience. So what I mean by that is like every step of the way, so discovery to bid funnel to bottom of the funnel what should that experience look like? So if you can understand what the experience looks like, you know what questions to ask, how to accelerate it, how to move forward, how to get people in the right spot, all those different things. So that's what I would be thinking of immediately when you are going to do this, right? So that's going to be absolutely critical across the board. So that's number one. Number two is I'm going to go back again to sales nav, but different. So you should go and create a list of all the people that you've closed one or have closed business with across the board, right? And so I would start reaching out back out to those people as well. So that's that's the second thing. And the third thing is I would spend some time in AI to understand how you can prospect at scale and reach out to certain people as well. So those are things that I would do. Ooh, that's hot right there. Buyer experience, sales navigator, close one, making those connections, and then chat, GPT, other yeah. AI, <laughs> yeah. robot to leverage technology uh, at scale. I love it. Now, as a leader, if I'm a sales leader, so much going on, I don't have time. What are the top two things, three things that I should be doing right now as a sales leader? So number one is I would try to identify, this is this is base level advice, but really understand what are the strategies and systems I need to put in place so that I can focus on the things that are that I need to focus on and not be all over the place. So what are the strategies and systems for coaching, for prospecting, for selling, for referrals? What's going on there, right? That's super incredibly important. Number two is I'm kind of going back to things that we've already talked about, but I would find ways, how do we integrate AI into our strategies and process to give my reps time back and their active selling times? What are things I can be doing? How can I take advantage of that, et cetera? So those are really big and important things you should be doing as well. And Right at this current moment, this is a time. This is a timely advice. This is not holistically advice. There's a lot of events going on. I try to find out how can I get reps to certain events as well. Ooh, events, strategies, and systems integrating AI. That's that's fire right there. Our, our man Carlos Soto said we ready. He's ready for that. <laughs> He's ready for that fire. Now SDR Chronicles. I mean, I, I don't know if that's what put you on the map, but I know that's when I saw you. Yeah, uh, We had brought in John when I was at Pendo, and he said, hey, 
Don't say anything to anyone, but I got this millennial Morgan Ingram coming in. He's going to come in and just change the game. He's going to shake it up. Tell me about how did you get started with the SDR Chronicles? It, it had never been done. How do you come up with that idea? Well, the interesting thing about, I would probably say up until maybe 1967, it's going to be earlier. I'm just kind of like hypothesizing here. Most of the stuff is like not inherently new, right? Most of it's not. Someone's done it before and you just add a variation to what has already been done. So for the SCR Chronicles, it, there are a lot of people who have documented their journey, right, before on YouTube, but it had never been done before in this space, right? The concept had been done, but it had not been done in, on LinkedIn or at all or in B2B tech. So I came up with the idea because of shout out to Ralph Barcy. He wrote an article and said, hey, here's what I would do if I went as an SDR and I was starting out. Right. And so I looked at that article and then I tweeted him and said, hey, I'm going to do this. And then I did it like five, six months later and super straightforward. I just documented my journey as an SDR. I talked about best practices. I talked about what worked and what didn't. And still to this point, I was talking about it. I was talking about it earlier to someone. And it was like such a surreal experience. And I even look back on it and it didn't even feel like it was real. Like I would have like, I would wake up to like a hundred to 200 messages a day of like, just people asking me advice on sales development. Like, can you lead this? Can you do this? Da, da, da. And I was only like five months into the role and it was my first job out of college. So I just didn't, I really didn't know how to handle all of that at once. It was a lot. And so I just did, you know, did everything I could to do that. But the reason that it was successful is because I just kept it real. I was in a role. I spoke on, on things that I only knew of. I never talked about leading a sales team. I never talked about closing big enterprise deals because I hadn't done that. And what I did and what I was focused on was being the best at sales development and prospecting. And I believe that I believe that path is what led to people to be really engaged with it. And that's what really put me on the map was that series. I did over 100 videos for it. I think I finished at like 125. And I think that was just like the main thing that that got me there. Goodness gracious. So shout out to Ralph Barcy. I love how you took something that you learned and you said, you know what? I could just noodle on it. I could just think about it. But you actually took action, mm -hmm. which very rarely happens. And I know that you see this. We've had this conversation. Not many people take action. If you don't mind sharing, there, there's, there's a nugget that you gave me. When you look at folks that you train, there's like a percentage of people that are automatically tuned out. There's a percentage of people. What's been your experience there of the people that actually take the knowledge that you're giving yeah. and actually go and apply it and actually do something with it? 10%. I would probably say even less now. I'd probably say it's five. It's very, like, unfortunately, it's very easy to be comfortable in this world right now because we're working from home. You don't have to go to the office. You don't even have to... <laughs> You don't have to put on nice clothes if you don't want to, right? You don't have to do that. You could literally just have like a normal T-shirt on and shorts and be chilling. You don't really have to do a whole lot, right? And I'm not diminishing hard work. I'm just saying it's not – it's just not the same as it was years ago where you had to like go get dressed, go to work, go get on go get on a train. Da, da, da. Like it was a lot of things you had to go do. We needed, You didn't have social media like – and like I wasn't – I didn't – you know, I was around the time we done social media, but I know there was, you know, my parents' generation, grandparents' generation – this had a lot harder. So I think because now it's so easy to get wrapped up in things and not do anything, right? Yeah, so I would say 
but people will take the advice and actually do something. And the bar, and I saw a tweet the other day, and it's interesting. It was like, everything that we think about doing, we tend to overcomplicate it and make it seem like it's very hard to accomplish. And he was like, most people though, like you said, basically the bar is like 10 bars lower than what you think it is. Wow. Wow. But when you think about it, like that's pretty true because if you go on a sales team today and ask them how many cold calls they make, they do like 10 to 20 a week. That doesn't even make sense to me. We were doing like 100, 120 a day. <laughs> 10 to 20 a week. What do you do? I, I don't, I just don't get it. Right. Unless you're killing it, then that's fair play. But like most people, like, what are you doing? Right. So the bar is 10 bars lower than what you think it is. And so when you think about it that way, it's just like execute and just do it and get out there and have a strategy that's important, but you want to be able to execute. Man, we need to get you a sponsor from Nike. Just do it. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's what it is, though. <laughs> <laughs> a good, oh, we got a great question here from Jillian J. When you say AI for prospecting at scale, would you please offer an example? Thank you in advance. Um, yeah, I don't want to go too too deep into this one because it could be a tangent and a, and a rabbit hole in itself. The best way to put it is that you have to train ChatGPT to understand what a good email is and then replicate the frameworks in the language of a good email. So, for example, if you were to go on ChatGPT right now and type in write me an excellent cold email, it would not be able to do that for you. If you started a brand new conversation, the email would be terrible. I've, I've tested it. I've literally said, write me a good email. I said, write me the best cold email of all time. Write me a cold email that gets a response. Write the best email that you've ever seen and to this persona. It can't do it because it doesn't know what good is. It's only pulling from just historical data from September 2021. So it's it's three years off. Oh, no. Yeah. Two years off. My bad. I'm already in 2024. Two years off. Right. And so the thing is, is that like when you think of it that way, you have to make a decision on how to program it appropriately. So I essentially just have prompts that analyze the emails and based on the emails being analyzed, I then could replicate those analyzed emails to then create a foundation of emails to go ahead and use. The goal with AI is not to be a genie. And if you think so, then you will fail. The goal of AI is to get 80% of the way there and then personalize on top of that. So essentially that's like, that's like an example that I can give you. I don't, I don't have like a screen share and I don't have like chat GPT like to, to show you exactly what that looks like. But that gives you at least a tactical way of thinking about it to start moving towards it. You basically have to put your emails that are already successful and then you have to replicate that through chat GPT. Oh, I love it. Jillian, I got an idea. I'm not sure where you're located, but I know October 19th you need to be in Toronto. <laughs> Pull up. <laughs> Which, uh, speaking <laughs> of one of our past guests, and this is actually a former colleague of mine, the Birdman. What happened to that boy, Ethan <laughs> Bird? He said, one day or day one, you're doing it day one. And Carlos came back and said, hey, for those that are in sales and they want to improve, they want to enhance their content creation skills, what are the areas that they should focus on? And do you have any resources other than AMP that uh, you'd recommend <laughs> to help them with their content creation skills? So this is, this is actually really important for everyone to understand that when you think of content creation, there's a part-time focus on it. There's like, I want to be a full-time creator and you're creating to generate revenue, which is like, you don't really need to do a whole lot. And what I mean by that is you don't need to post like every single day. 
So the way I tell people is that first and foremost, you have to think about being a curator and the areas you should focus on are what are information that I can take and then add my two cents or context to that that will help people learn from what's going on. So you want to think about what are the pain points that a buyer has and then from those pain points, how are you able to then get in front of those individuals to then articulate the points that you want? What do those points look like? How, how Why are they important? And then what are the things that you can do to ultimately be successful and how you want to go about it? So the thing is, is that when you when you think about it in this way, right, this is how you're going to go out and get that success. And what do I mean by this is how you're going to go out and get that success? What I mean is that you have to think about what are the one thing, what is the one thing I want to talk about this week and do one post. Wow. Wow. Do that for three months and then go to three and then go to five. So content creation is like working out. When you go to the gym at the beginning, you're not going to probably go to the gym five times a week. But you can go one time a week, right? And so then you progress from there. And so the resources I'd recommend are going to YouTube and just getting a, a breakdown on like, hey, like what's content creation? There's a ton of great just videos that explain what that means. I also would take the time and take a step back and say, okay, ask yourself, what do you want to be known for? That's a big piece as well. I, I'm going to plug myself, but... There's a LinkedIn creator course that I dropped in LinkedIn Learning. It literally, it literally tells you all the answers, by the way. Like, it's all there. And then another source I'd recommend is shout out to Will Aiken. Like, I go follow him. He's a great example of how to get this done. Uh, sales feed as well. So those are just a couple of resources you can dive into. Always a wealth of knowledge. Always a great resource to guide people. And I got to give you your flowers, Maureen, because I don't know if you remember this, but this was right around April the the 19th, uh, 2020. And you shared with me, you said, hey, Larry, I, I see you doing a little short form content. I, I see your stuff here and there mm. on my feed on LinkedIn and it's all right. But dude, you got to get on video. And I think I shared with you. Nah, man, I got the face for radio. They're all <laughs> yeah, yeah. going to laugh at me. Yeah. And you said, I'll never forget these words. You said, Larry, I'm going to tell you like what my mentor told me. If you don't do it, you're being selfish because it's not about you. I was making it all about me. And you said something to the effect of if you can impact one person in the positive, you got to do it. And I took that to heart. It was Wednesday, April the 22nd. I started my midweek, midday motivational minute. And today was episode number 175. That's I just crazy. want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that sage advice, that kick in the butt, the encouragement to yeah. cheer me on. And the, the Friday happy hours, which you started as well. Yeah. It, it's meant more to me than you would could ever even imagine more than you would ever know having that community that you created and that you curated <clears throat> unbelievable i think they say you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with and being able to have that access to you and others has been phenomenal so i just want to say thank you yeah. and i want to know where where does that come from? You didn't have to tell me that. You could have just kept on, keep on keeping on, but you shared that with me. You've invited me in the content mm -hmm. house. Uh, you invited me in to, to that, the uh, events that you've hosted. Where does that kind, caring, giving spirit come from, man? Yeah, I mean, my parents. My parents are a big, big proponent of that. They always said, you know, continuously give as much as you can and be kind to the people that are around you and 
and show the spirit, right, uh, as much as you can. And so that's the reason why that's there. Uh, I grew up in a Christian home. I do believe in God. I'm a Christian as well. And so that's just the household that I was brought up into. So if I see an opportunity to help someone out and I have a good sense of when that is, I will provide my insight and I will give that direction to that person. I don't feel like withholding information is a smart thing to do. I just don't, I'm not a huge proponent of that. And I really focus on like just giving people the best I can and in the situations that I'm in. So when I see it, when someone needs it, like since it's pretty right, I'm like, hey, this is what you should do. Typically helps them push in the right direction. I'm just a person of an able woman pusher. So that's just, that's just what I do. (laughs) I hope you know that's, uh, that's going to last a lifetime, that impact. And my goal Mm -hmm. is to spread it to others. Like you said, sharing is caring and shout out to our mama, papa, brother Ingram. I've had the opportunity to meet the fam. You have, you have. Shout out, shout out to the fam. (laughs) (laughs) Now, now, now this is the cold calling podcast. I want to know. You're an expert. Keep dialing, shoot, smiling and dialing. Where do you see the role of cold calling today? And I, I stole this, I stole this banana phone from Beck Island. Don't she's in France, so she can't get it back. Yeah, she can't, she can't get it back, so she's not gonna be able to do it. Uh, you know, like it's really interesting, right? Cold calling will always be impactful because if you can get someone on the phone, it's the one of the best things that you can do, right? Now, some could say, well, data, things of nature. Okay, fair play. But I, I do believe that it's important. But here, here's like something that people may not want to hear, but this is just something that you have to take in consideration as well. Right now, cold calling is good because if you can get in front of an executive and talk to them, that's what they grew up in. So it's a good way to communicate with that individual. However, for like millennials and Gen Z, that's like not how they communicate. So I actually see it changing and it will be there. I just don't know if the millennials and Gen Z's will pick up the phone to even have their conversations because that's just not how they communicate. So it's just something to be mindful of. I'm not saying it's going to happen tomorrow, but you have to look at the upcoming generation. That's just not how they talk at all. Like people do not like to use the phone to call people. It's very interesting. I love it. I love that you talked about the importance of cold calling, the importance of conversations, actually having that dialogue. You mentioned it earlier, the power of events. You also slid it in there before I heard it. You talked about referrals uh, as well as the content creation. And I love how you touched on where you see it going in the future with the change in demographic. That phone might be replaced by another avenue. I yep. love it. I love it. I love it. Now, sales for the culture. You're 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 founder of sales for the culture. Mm-hmm. How did that come about? Why and how did you create this organization to support uh, black and brown folks that are in sales? Yeah. So that that came from the fact that it was in twenty nine. I really started noticing about three years creating the content in twenty nineteen. A lot of African-Americans were reaching out to me being like, how do I get into tech? Like, I don't know what to do. And at that time, I believe it was, I think it was only me and like KD and maybe Nikki that were posting that was like, that was it. And people have come along the way, like yourself and others that are at GB have now, you know, paved the way for that. But back then and Galen as well, but there wasn't, there really wasn't a lot of people. I thought I was the only one to be fair. So like, I was like, all right, cool. Like it is what it is. Like I went to private school. I'm kind of used to this. So it's whatever. But the thing is, is that like, um, I got hit up a lot about it and I didn't have the answers to the questions because I wasn't a VP of sales. I wasn't a sales enablement leader. 
So I could only answer the, the questions up to a certain degree. Like I could answer for account executives. I could answer for SDRs, but I couldn't, I couldn't go really past that. Um, even managers I could do, but like past that, I was like, it's out of my realm. So I created it. So everyone had a place and environment to feel safe that they could have conversations and feel like they could talk about things that they couldn't otherwise. And so that was the reason why it was built. And that was the reason why it's there. Oh, I love it. I love it. And that's been a great community that you've built. Uh, hot take number two. I got to know, when's the book coming out? <laughs> um, you know, I started writing a book in 2018. And I wanted it to be like the sphere, the spear, not the sphere, the spear of prospecting. And I wanted it to be the monster of prospecting. The goal I wrote down, it's I'm like looking around because I'm trying to see if it's still here so I could show you all like I'm not like lying about this. No, it's not here. But in 2016, when I first started SCR role, the first page of my notebook, I wrote that I, I wanted that I was going to be one of the most well-known people when it comes to prospecting. And this was going to be my dedication. And I dedicated to that for the past seven years. And so, you know, it's up to debate on whether that's true or not. But like, I believe I put a lot of time into prospecting. And the reason, the reason I'm saying all that, right, is because I just really wanted to be the best in that. And because I wanted to be the best in that, I was like, I want to write a book to just cement being the best in that. However, as I was writing it, it just didn't feel right. And then I was like, oh, okay, in 2020, I'll come back to it. We all know what happened in 2020. <laughs> and then I was like, I don't really know what I want to write. And, and now, you know, I, I feel like there's – I really see it like being a 2025 thing. I have things I need to build and the company I need to focus on before doing a book. But I really want to talk about just like the the journey of taking things on and what that looks like and how you can maximize your opportunities. Cause that's just what I've done in my career. Like, you know, I went to be an SDR. I didn't really know anything and I learned how to prospect. I went to JV sales and learned how to do sales training. And that was a very difficult curve for me to, 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 to transparently understand, but I figured it out every single time. So I believe that's what the book's about is like, how do you go into a situation, unknown territory and figure it out and then dominate that territory. Very difficult for people to do. And I've been able to do that multiple times. So that's really what the book I believe is going to be about, but it could change. But I just, I wanted to do more than just the prospecting piece. That's why I haven't written it. I love it. Well, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, Morgan. You've got mul multiple books inside of you. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. I just, just find out the first one, you know, like so it's hard. You, you, you got you got it. And timing is everything, man. It really is. But I, I can tell you, I'm excited for the MJI book to come out. Uh, we've got brother Leonard Matlock, who I got to see in Atlanta, not Hotlanta, but ATL. Yeah, you careful. Two are inspiring. Careful. And are two of the voices I love to listen to in this space. Thank you both for not being selfish. Thank you, Morgan, for being open to serving this global community, this worldwide community. We have a question from Steve Yu. I'm not sure where Steve Yu is dialing in from, but <laughs> he said they debate at work regarding drip campaigns, email campaigns, and the subject line, the importance to simply get the email message open. What are your thoughts on subject lines? Uh, subject lines are important, but there's, it's two pronged. It's not just a subject line. It's the first three to five words, right? So it's the first three to five words of an email and it's the subject line. When you do a subject line, you need to keep the subject on less than five words and you need to keep it approximately three words. When you do the subject line, it needs to make sure that it's simple to read and consume and it's not overwhelming for people. Like it's something internally that they would get. And so that's that's the key there. 
And so that that's what you need to be thinking about in that realm. Wow. Keep it simple. The subject line and the first, you said three to five words. First, yeah, you want to you want to keep it less than five words. You want to keep the subject line typically three words. You want to keep it simple that something someone would understand if it was an internal email. And then you need to make sure the first three to five words of your email are also on point two. Because if they're not, no one's going to open it. Oh, wow. Dropping dropping absolute gems. Dropping absolute gems. We've got Deb tuning in and cold calling. We have a very few seconds to get the right attention to buy the next minute and set up a meeting from there. What are your thoughts there? And I want to dig in. You, I can't remember exactly, but you were going through an actual tactical cold call mm-hmm. and you said something that just stuck with me it was at some point in the the intro cold call that you kind of put your hands back it was kind of oh, like oh i know what you're talking about yeah it was yeah, like yeah, disarming yeah, yeah. and that just it, it's crazy what this crazy what my crazy mind holds on to but i thought that was brilliant if you don't mind sharing <laughs> what deb said as well as what is that yeah yeah so we'll talk about it so the thing with an introduction is you have to find out what is key to you that's important. Like if you don't know what's key to you, then you're not going to be successful. And what I mean by key to you is like, what is your style and what's your personality? If it doesn't match your style and personality, there's just like, this really isn't going to work out for you, like transparently. So this is what works for clients that I've trained this on and, and what was successful for them. And also what's been helpful for me personally. So it's called the PLA and it stands for pleasant laughing and arms up. So essentially, Deb, let me see if I, let's say I'm calling you. I'd be like, hi, Deb. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, look, <laughs> I know I'm catching on the blue here. However, do you have a few moments to chat? And so the reason that that works is, number one, you're pleasant. So you thank them for taking the call. So it's a psychological trigger. So that psychological trigger opens them up to be like, hey, like, you know, what's he, why is he taking me for the call? The L is the laugh. So, hey, <laughs> do you have a few moments to chat? So that creates levity in the conversation which then turns into someone either laughing with you or feeling a little bit more comfortable. And then A is arms up. So just like you saw, I I do, I say, do you have a few moments to chat? Moments is ambiguous. It can be seconds or minutes from there. Most people about 75 to 80% of the time will say, yes, what do you want? Who are you? What's going on? Notice how I didn't say my name because it's not important yet. It's a pattern interrupt. And then I go off to the races with the value prop and that's how that works. Goodness gracious. We got worldwide. We got folks tuning in from Central America, South America, Camila from Honduras. I'm taking notes over here. I don't know if she meant to say this. This is fire. Uh, This is fire. You are touching the people, Morgan. Now I want to rewind because you were sharing about uh, your book ideas and your book concepts. And I know that you had a podcast, I think it was called all the way up. We're going one up. Yes. Which was absolute fire. But, but I want to, my, my question here is you went out on your own with amp. You're getting amped. Walk me through how that journey's been the ups, the downs, the highs, the lows, the twists, the turns, the surprises. The people want to know, and maybe they don't, but I want to know, what's that <laughs> journey and that adventure been like? Yeah, so I, I've i been thinking about this a lot lately, and it's been a very hard transition because, as, as I just said, I'm not necessarily building a sales training or outbound shop. 
which would be the next progression step. If you were in my shoes, most people would do that. They'd be like, okay, well, I've done prospecting and sales development. I'll just go into outbound and then I'll help people with their outbound. That would be the most next logical step. I just felt like I look at things in decades and I felt like the next eight to 10 years or decade was that wasn't something I wanted to focus on. And I didn't think that was the future. I believe the future is edutainment content and how do you entertain the audience so that they feel likeness towards you that they'll buy in the long run. Now that's a lot harder to say and to prove because it is a, it's, it's a newer concept in the B2B space. It's not new like in the other spaces, but it's newer in the B2B space. So proving that, showing that is just so different, right? It's massively different than, than most. And so in that transition, you're known for something and yet you want to be known for something new. And so I've actually been really working on what do I want to be known for now, which ironically, last week I like came to the conclusion of what that is. Um, but as I've been building, it's been what does that look like? And it's also been an evolution period for me in my life, personally, professionally, because I've realized that, and I think everyone knows this if you go off on your own, it's a, and you know this later as well, it's like an, it's just like an evolution of yourself. Like you just really, <laughs> you're really seeing like what you're made of. <laughs> like, okay, like this is uh, not going the way I want. I got to pivot. I got to do this. I got to try this out, right? It's an ongoing pivot. And this market has not made it easy as well, right? The external factors of the market also have to make you to do adjust that. And the market is not an excuse. It's just what's happening. And you have to figure out how to adjust that accordingly as well. So it's been, it's not been the easiest transition of all time. I'll transparently say it's been a harder one, but I'm not saying that the journey hasn't been fun and it's been rewarding. Like things are actually going well, all things considered to be fair. Uh, And, you know, I've been able to, you know, put myself in a really good spot, but also the evolution of that is what's made it a hard transition. Cause now you're like, I did this thing and now I want to go do something else and I have to submit myself in something different based on what people know me for. And you have to tell them what that is while also building as well in the midst of everything. So that's what makes it interesting. Wow. Rebranding on the fly. What's been most rewarding? Seeing people support the support me as I'm still continuously figuring out messaging vision and things of that nature. I think as, as in the past month and a half, things have been more clear, at least for the team internally. And that's been great. I do. The most rewarding thing is just people supporting where I'm looking to go, even though it's tangibly not there. So that, that to me is rewarding to see people being like, Oh, I'm in for that ride. Even though I have no idea exactly what the ride may look like, uh, but I'm in for the ride. They understand the vision, which is, which is key. Right. And that's what I want. I love it. Now, now you're active on all uh, platforms. Uh, I see you getting your workout in. See, seeing you getting, get, giving the fist bump, getting that that dedication, and I commend you to it. Uh, th- this is my hot take right here. When, when am I going to see Morgan Ingram rocking the mic on the big stages? Because you 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 need the mic because people need to hear what you have to say. Are there any plans? Is there any desire? To, to get back on the speaker circuit? Uh, yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that like, I think it was like, let me let's put the last time it was like last year or something like that. I mean, it's just building a company just requires all of your energy. You get, you get very consumed by it and obsessed by it that you don't really have time to do a whole lot of other things. So, and also, and also as well though, again, remember it's a transition. So the things I talked about in the past, 
if even if I get asked to do them, I don't inherently want to do them as much as I used to, transparently, right? Like I still will do SKOs and things of that nature and I do those, but the, the things I get asked to do that I might speak on, I may not want to do that because I'm like, I'm trying to transition to different topics. And those topics I'm not known for as much as the other ones. So that also creates that piece as well. So, but it really just comes down to just the transition um, as well. And multiple people have gone through this transition. It's not like a new thing. Like The Rock went from WWE to being an actor. Yeah. You know, like Gary Vee went from wine to like, you know, social media. Like uh, Lewis Howes went from LinkedIn to the Greatness Podcast. Like the um, Patrick McDavid went from insurance and now he's running like a whole media conglomerate. So these things take time. And I know that, and I have to tell myself to be patient every single day because I've already seen the people that I admire. They've gone through the same exact stage where they're just looking to shift, figure it out, trying to make pivots. And then they go from there, man. I, I commend you. I, I commend you. And I want to say thank you. Cause I know the cold calling podcast doesn't necessarily align with what you're doing now. <laughs> hey, look, I'm always, I'm always in the deep. I'm always, I'm always in the cold calling, you know, that's my thing. It's keep down. It's where I started. So, you never can neglect that. Oh man. I appreciate that. And I can't wait to, to see you sharing your journey. Now you gave some great tactical tips to SDRs, BDRs, to AEs, the sales mm-hmm. leaders. I'm going to flip the switch. We're, we're going to go to this perspective, to those budding or even emerging entrepreneurs, those folks that are trying to build something special like you. What advice? And I know it depends on where they're at, but yeah. in general, what advice would you share? If you if you could just kind of distill the lessons that you've learned and someone saying, hey, I want to be like you, what what tips would you give them? Yeah. <laughs> um, look, I can, I can say I'm calling myself an established founder yet. So, I'll, you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't know if you want that yet. But what I would say is, number one is this was actually really good advice. And it was so simple. Write down all the things you do on a daily basis, because that made me understand how much I was doing. That was like just taking all my time, which was like a good, just a good assessment point. So I just tell people to just write that out. What are the things that you're doing? What could you, what could you delegate? What delegate? What could you eliminate? What could you be doing more of that you should, that you are on your calendar? That was really interesting. Number two, is being willing to ask for help. That I mean, that's just that's hard for <laughs> it's hard in general. But be willing to ask for help, and then this is something I'm gonna narrow down as well. It's just like finding out like what are you uniquely good at that no one else is. Like, how can you build the business like around you, and not around you as in like you're the main person you can't scale, but like how could you build around the skill set and the energy you have? Right. If you look at all the founders, like. Zuckerberg's a good example. Like he built something that like is in the vacuum of what he is, right? He's not a person that's gonna. He's not an extroverted person, but he does understand social dynamics, and he was a good engineer, so he was able to build you know that product and then go from there, right? So you just have to figure out like what is your what is the thing that you're actually good at, and then how do you build around that so that you can have a company that can support you? So that's how I think about it as well. That's fire. And Deb gave a shout. Hey, thanks, Morgan and Larry. Yep. You are dropping absolute fire. i got a few more questions for you. This one, I was looking in the archives, and I think it was last week. You made a post about employee advocacy, and it was right around uh, what it is, what it isn't for organizations. In ter- I think, correct me if I'm wrong, in terms of them supporting their employees' content creation. Yep. 
what what are your thoughts there? Because it is so competitive out there in terms of organizations finding great talent. I think we're going to see a shift where organizations are going to be like, hey, how do we find those good people again? How do we keep our good people? What what are some thoughts there around that employee advocacy? Yeah. So when you think about in the employee advocacy piece, like the main thing, right, is what is another amplifier that I can have from a revenue stream standpoint. So a revenue amplifier is getting your executives and sellers to post on, on, on LinkedIn, for example. You don't need all of them to do it, but if you get three to five, you're in a better spot than most organizations. Because if you create content, what's gonna happen is that you're now putting all these other people in the shadow of your content. That's why you wanna be able to create the content and focus on it and get the most out of it, right? So don't neglect going in and saying, hey, I'm gonna go and you know, create these different pieces of content for the people I'm looking to get in front of, right? To make sure that you can amplify and get another stream of revenue for these individuals. So that's the reason why I'm an advocate for it. You do need to make sure that there's freedom guardrails. You do need to give them a framework and a system. Otherwise it's just not gonna work out. That's powerful, that's powerful. And when you said amplify, revenue amplifier, I didn't put it together, man, the name AMP. (laughs) <laughs> and, and, I know, and I know that, help me understand, uh, it's, it's Ascension Media Productions. That's where, correct. Where does, That's correct. Where, where does the name come from? So I was thinking about what is evolution and evolution is ascending to your full, to your highest potential. If you think about every organization, the goal of the organization is to ascend to its highest potential. And so the word Ascension came from like, the highest peak of evolution that you could have. So if you're looking to do marketing at the highest level or edutainment or things of that nature, you need to be able to ascend. So then I thought ascension. And then I was like, well, media, because everyone wants to go towards more media. So that makes sense. And productions, because it's like, you know, we can produce all types of things. We can produce employee advocacy. We can produce an event activation. We can produce content through me, right? And so that's what made sense. And then the acronym, it so happened that it stood for AMP. And I was like, well, AMP, Amplify, it all just made sense. So I was like, okay, let's just do that. It's all tying together. As we wrap, Morgan, as people go, what do you want them to, to really, if, if there was one nugget, one key takeaway, and you've given so many gems, what's that one big takeaway that you think people need to hear right now? Uh, it's not going to be anything overly complicated it's gonna be actually pretty simple i would say go find the one thing that you want to try or test and go execute it in a b test because right now in this market so many things are happening you got to find something you can a b test and go execute on so that that might be the new thing that's going to help you and i would just say hey go a b test go try those things out and that that will be successful for you so simple yet so difficult and so profound final question i got for you What's your word of 2023? We're we're coming up on nine months of yeah. the year through. What's your one word? So I do I do a one word at the beginning of every single year, and it's it's proven to be accurate, which is evolution. There's a lot of things that I've had to understand, evolve on, and and grow with. And so as a part of that, I've, I've really been able to understand a lot of things that maybe I did before. So I would say evolution is the word for this year for sure. I don't know what the one is for next year yet, but like that's what it is for now. That, that, that's amazing. That's amazing. Morgan, from the bottom of my heart, I can't thank you enough 
For those that tuned in, thank you so much for joining us live. Steve, you, yes, absolute fire. I Shout agree. <laughs> always dropping the fire, which is why I was so excited about this episode. Morgan, we just want to say thank you for sharing your wisdom, your insight, your experiences, your gems. And uh, I just encourage everyone out there, please connect, please support. How can we best support you, Morgan? What can we do to support you? Because we're thankful and grateful yeah. for all the support you provide us. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the best way to support me right now is like this event is absolutely critical for me right now. Like I mentioned, the Amped Up Workshop, October 19th in Toronto at the LinkedIn headquarters. If you are around the area or in the area or know some of the area that this could be able for, check it out. Like I said, we have a sales track, a content creation track and a LinkedIn track. And it's going to be action packed. Like Lavender is going to be there, whole crew. Uh, we're, we're really going to have a great time with this. So I definitely come come through. Check it out. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, and I'm going to share this. Morgan didn't say it. If you're not in Toronto, hop on a plane and be there. <laughs> Take play. action right now. Because if not, you're going to wonder what if, what if. And we see what happens when you take the what if and you make it happen. Magic happens. So my encouragement is share it, but also be there. Be there in the building. So I just want to say thank you again, Morgan. A reminder to everyone, please join us next Wednesday, September the 6th. Same bat time, same bat place. We'll see you at 1 o'clock Eastern. Our next guest coming in from across the pond in Scotland, the queen of conversation and the founder of Making Conversations Count. We're excited to welcome Wendy Harris. Morgan, I think I could be wrong. You do a mean Scottish accent, don't you? No, I do not. No, no, no. Nobody wants to hear my Scottish accent or my UK accent. I, I want one. That'd be great. But uh, no, nobody wants to hear it. I promise. I've heard your English accent and uh, it's all too elusive, kind of like the mixtape. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's it's the last thing that you want to hear. I don't think anyone here would would, would benefit from it. I'd probably get roasted, which is you know, fair play. Oh, goodness. Morgan, I can't thank you enough, man. Wishing you all the best. Continued success. Keep shining bright. Keep getting people amped up. Keep doing the daggone thing in edutain. Did I get that right? Edutainment? You're right. You're right. That's, that's spot on. Yeah. I love it. Well, uh, we'll see everyone on the flip side. Thank you for dialing in. Peace. See y'all.